Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working at- an Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie Show. Well, welcome everyone. Chuck Bonnegal, Julie Hayden, Chuck and Julie Grassroots Show, Two Straight Up, brought to you by... <laughs> the show is brought to you by Mountain West Wellness, Advanced Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine, along with HappyTrees.co. Chuck Broadcasting, once again, from the world headquarters of the Glendale Cherry Creek Chronicle. Um, paper comes out tomorrow. Um, we're pleased to have with us, coming up at 3.30, we're going to have just a programming note, Todd Watkins. Um, the, the rhinos are, I mean, it's an epic meltdown um, over the Bonniewell Amendment and the Soviet-style tactics used by grassroots Republicans in Colorado. But first, I want to start off with um, John Eastman. And Chuck, um, I'll let you go ahead. Um, Yeah, our hero, exactly. From the Claremont Institute and an attorney, at least uh, for the present, unless the uh, forces of evil prevail. Um, But he he brought the original litigation um, last year. um, For the opt-out. For the opt-out, and we hope to have him back this year um, for better, more, more and more improved version of, of the lawsuit. But he's a real hero to all of us. So thanks for coming on, John. It's uh, my pleasure to be with you both. Well, the, what Chuck is referring to is you were one of the lawyers who was advising Trump in Jan- on January 6th. And as a result, let's see, CU has persecuted you. Um, this, I think, is it is it called um, Operation uh, 65 or something like that? It's a, a Soros-funded dark money group targeting any and all lawyers who, ever, who get involved with any kind of Trump-related things. And they're trying to take your law license away. Is that right? At a, at a court case in California. Yeah, they are. We've, uh, I mean, the, the 65 project is not the one that filed the complaint in California, but they did file a parallel complaint against me in the Supreme Court of the United States, which was quite frankly frivolous and itself ought to be sanctioned and subject to uh, disciplinary action. Um, but the California bar decided to proceed anyway. They, they, you know, they said I had no evidence of the things we said about election illegality. I gave them, you know, tens of thousands of pages of the evidence we had, but <laughs> that didn't dissuade them. They still repeated the claim that I had no evidence. Um, uh, you know, normally that would be sanctionable because they were looking at the. My favorite one was was a count that said, uh, you know, I made the false statement that dead people voted. And I knew it was false because, as the Michigan attorney general stated, only fifteen hundred dead people voted. I said, well, <laughs> you just you, you just proved my statement was true in your own. <laughs> well, well as I understand it, you're in charge of moral turpitude. And the moral <laughs> turpitude was you gave legal advice that was not adopted, <laughs> um, and they didn't like your legal advice, and that's moral turpitude, I guess. Well, the, the, the real essence here of moral turpitude is that uh, when Bill Barr said he didn't find any evidence of election fraud, I didn't bend the knee and bow and genuflect to him, and I continued to insist there was because I had lots of evidence. So the moral turpitude is the government said what the answer is and how dare we question it. And if you do question it, we're going to accuse you of moral turpitude. Uh, We're going to we're going to take your livelihood away. We're going to do everything we can to make life miserable for you. This is authoritarianism. 
This is the government has spoken and we're all supposed to just fall in line like sheep. And uh, I know you two are not sheep and I'm not either. And I'm not falling in line. No. Well, same thing happened in Colorado in a criminal case with Tina Peters. Um, You know, she was the Mesa County clerk and recorder. And they told her, look, if you'll just quit saying that there were any irregularities in the election, all of this will go away. And she said, I'm not going to do that. So now, boom, you know, she's on house arrest. She's looking at spending years in prison. I mean, you see, you're smiling, though, John. I mean, it's like, how do you I mean, they're trying they are they're not just they're actively working to destroy you. They're not just canceling you or banning you from Twitter, they're trying to destroy your life, and yet you're smiling. Talk well, to us about you know, that. So, uh, for three reasons. One, uh, uh, Winston Churchill once said, "You made enemies in your life. Good. That means you were trying to accomplish something." Right. Uh, 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 two, an old professor of mine said, "If you're not uh, catching incoming flack, you're not over the target." Yeah. And then, and then three, I'm a devout Catholic, and I know that whatever they do to me in this world doesn't matter in the long run. So, you know, those those things make it easy. And the other I'll, I'll add a fourth. Um, somebody posted on my Twitter account yesterday or this morning um, that the reason they're going after me so much, like they went after Mike Flynn, is they know how effective we are and they need to destroy us. Yes. So, you know, all right. So that's pretty good company. I, they, they think I'm a threat because I'm exposing what they're up to, their authoritarian tactics. Well, talk as, about- as I understand, you had a, a eight day or something hearing and that wasn't enough so they're continued on to august well, and well we were originally scheduled for three weeks in may and uh i i think the uh lawyers for the bar realized they bit off more than they could chew they're trying to make this a referendum on every election challenge that was brought anywhere in the country whether i had anything to do with it or not um and so they asked us for an extension they got an extension and the judge then narrowed the timetable to two weeks they haven't even begun to gotten close to finishing with their witnesses. They haven't even finished with me yet. And I was their first witness. Huh. Um, and so we, we've got another week now scheduled late August. Uh, and I, my guess is they'll do three of the four days of that week with their witnesses. And then we'll be left with one day. So presumably <laughs> the judge will then schedule another a week or two for us to put on a case. But uh, who knows? Well, how, well how, how do they do it in Colorado? I think they have a panel. Um, yeah, no, we California is rather unique. It's the only bar disciplinary process in the country that is, has its own court. Um, and the judges on the court are, are permanent judges. Uh, they're all appointed. Um, uh, several of them are appointed to uh, uh, by the California Supreme Court, which is somewhat partisan leaning. Uh, the others are appointed by the Democrat governor, the Democrat speaker of the House and the Democrat head of the Government Affairs Committee in the Senate. So it's not exactly a bipartisan neutral court, I fear. Uh, but I've been saying all along, if they faithfully apply the law, this case should never have been filed in the first place. And I should win handily. Let me, because that that was going to be my next question. So sort of a two-part question. One, how do you feel things are going if they faithfully apply the law? And secondly, how confident are you that that's going to happen? Well, I, you know, one can only assume that the judge will faithfully apply the law. And so I'm not going to make any speculation on whether that's going to occur or not. One has to assume that that will. Um, You know, they've asked me a lot of questions trying to uh, say, well, you would you acknowledge that this was not legal. I said, well, no, I didn't. Actually, you're distorting what that email says. Look at the line before it. And so, you know, I mean, because everything I did was not only kosher and perfectly legal, 
um, but was uh, in, the, in the best representation of our, my ethical obligations to zealously advocate for my client. Right. And well, well, and that's let me bring up an, an, another kind of related topic, um, which was, uh, did you watch Tucker Carlson with uh, Mike Pence and then Tucker's later comments um, at the uh, Turning Point uh, conference? I, I, I regret to say I haven't been able to watch it yet. My my <laughs> lovely daughter just got married this past weekend and we're uh, uh, we had we had we had lots of family in town and lots of fun things. And I'm still trying to play catch up. But I do look <laughs> forward to, to looking at it. I assume Tucker ran circles around him. Yes. You know, uh, I, I've been planning to do an article. Uh, it's an interesting pitch that Mike Pence is making to become the leader of the free world. Um, what I call Pence's pence's potted plant pitch for the presidency <laughs> you know so he was in a in a in a position to try and do something about the illegality that even he acknowledged that occurred in the election and his and his answer was oh i'm just a potted plant i have no authority whatsoever <laughs> and now he wants us to not to put him in office to be the leader of the free world that's not the kind of leadership skill one anticipates uh, uh, as the foundation for a viable campaign for president. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a Biden. short version. Yeah. Um, he, he got, uh, as Pence, you know, went through what he was thought was the most critical thing, which is there weren't enough Abrams tanks in Ukraine yet. And Tucker said, wait a minute, what about our cities? What about our open borders? What about everything else? And then Pence said, that's not my concern. <laughs> <laughs> and he repeated it wasn't his concern. And then he then he went on to something, say, well, we can pay for everything. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it was it destroyed him. And then so Tucker went to the turning point uh, one and he you know, said, OK, OK, you know, I, I, I don't want to I don't want to do something that's not edifiable. I don't want to like savage uh, Mike Pence and everybody's cheering. And, and then he says, no, 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 you can't cheer uh, because this, that's no accomplishment. I, I mean, savaging. Uh, Mike Pence is like beating a five-year-old at ping pong or soccer. It's no accomplishment. Uh, well, yeah. to, to, to Pence's credit, he didn't drop anywhere in the polls because he he didn't have any, oh, yeah. any, any room to drop. <laughs> exactly. I wonder well, if he still has the same, was it, who, who is his big advisor? Martin Short, is that his name? Or? Yeah, Mark Short. Uh, you know, I think, I think the reason Mark's so mad at me is because, uh, you know, when when it became clear Pence wasn't going to do what we were recommending, there 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 went his ticket to be chief of staff in the next administration. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you about Trump's letter, because I think, you know, you talk about the courts and you're right. You have to have some faith. But, you know, the, Trump indicated that you got a letter from um, Jack Smith saying that he's the target um of that of, of the investigation the grand jury thing what can you kind of explain i know julia kelly and other people are saying normally you'd be like there's no evidence but you know we're looking at what they've been doing with the other january 6 defendants so you got to be careful just your, your take on that and what's what you think is likely to happen going forward well you know uh the notion that this was a surprise that trump was the target of this effort i think is rather extraordinary the entire effort uh, since January 20th, the entire effort has been to try and find something uh, in, on which to get Trump, get him criminally indicted of a felony, ideally one that contains the word insurrection in it so they can make the false claim that he's ineligible for office altogether under the 14th Amendment. Right. They forget the fact that Congress in 1872 
uh, eliminated that restriction on uh, on uh, eligibility for office for all but uh, the top civil war leaders. And then in 1896 or thereabouts, they even retroactively did it for the remainder. So it's not even it's not even a currently operative provision of the Constitution. But that that doesn't stop them. No. Uh, So the notion that Trump now has a target letter when we've known for two and a half years that he was the target. This is this. Some people have said this is banana republic type stuff. It's not. It is Soviet uh, NKDV's uh, uh, Lavrenti Berea. Show me the man and I'll find you a crime. Um, uh, They were bound and determined to, you know, scour the books to try and find something that they could use to pin on Trump to try and prevent him from running for office. Why? Because he's a threat to the status quo. He's a threat to the uniparty in D.C. And and I'll be very clear. I am as disgusted with the establishment Republicans as I am with the Democrats over this stuff. They are violating our Constitution on a daily basis. They're spending money that they have no legal authorization to spend. They're 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 regulating us and things that have nothing to do with interstate commerce. Um, they they create whole departments that have no no basis of constitutional authority, and they do this on a daily basis. And you scratch my back, and I'll scratch yours. The level of corruption. They're all they they've nev- none of them have ever had a job, uh, no. other than being on the public welfare, and 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 they're all becoming millionaires uh, on our taxpayer through rank corruption, and and Trump. Trump was willing to punch back against that stuff, as was Mike Flynn, as were several of the other people. And this is why they're trying to go overboard uh, to, to block him from getting in, because, you know, they, they had enough um, Beltway bandit creatures surrounding him on the last go around that they, they blocked him at every turn. But he wised up and right. he now knows where the bodies are buried. And if he gets back in there, um, they'll be hell to pay on their on their, from, from their part. <laughs> And, and well, they cannot I, tolerate that. Right. Well, I've I've grown some affinity with the old Soviet uh, Politburo uh, because Dick Wadhams accused me of acting like them because I offered a, a bylaw amendment that if you didn't cast a ballot for the opt out and you required but, to have seventy percent or more, then it was considered a yes rather than be considered a no. And and <laughs> he got he got on. Uh, Colorado Gazette and and is just almost had, going catatonic. They would <laughs> yes. put a bylaw in uh, that would that would contradict uh, the Democrats' crooked scheme. I mean, just just <laughs> accused me without naming me. I'm just a mere ally. It's called the Bonningville <laughs> Amendment, but but I'm I'm a Politburo member. You're a Soviet style guy. <laughs> Well, let me let me ask you with Trump. What I worry about is that they're going to throw him in jail. I mean, you know what? They prosecuted successfully like a thousand people already from January 6th. Many of them they've thrown in jail, saying that the court apparently saying, well, this is a unique and unprecedented circumstance. Therefore, we can have unique and unprecedented, you know, things that we decide to do. I would not be surprised if they put Trump in jail. What do you think? Well, you know, uh, I thought it might be fun when he was first indicted up in New York uh, for him to say, I'm not asking for bail. Put me in jail uh, <laughs> and uh, make sure you've got lots of cells for my Secret Service. They got to have 24 hour coverage by law and the state the state can't preempt that federal law. And then he should start doing a series of letters from the Birmingham jail or yeah, the Manhattan jail right. or the D.C. jail uh, and, yeah. and 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 just expose the level of corruption and the weaponization of our justice system that's going on here. And, well, uh, you know, uh, I, I, uh, he can have surrogates do his rallies, not as well as he can. 
Um, but, you know, I'll bet we could figure out how to get him a Zoom camera in there into the cell and he could do the, the, the rallies from there. And, <laughs> and he ought to just expose the lunacy of this. Um, right. So, yeah, I'm yeah, it would be terrible. But uh, there are ways for him to deal with it and manage it um, that would expose the corruption. Well, right. everybody says this is unprecedented and, and you're a great history student of history. And you go, no, it's not unprecedented. Eugene, Eugene V. Debs. Socialist candidate for president for 2020 uh, had been taken under the same alien uh, Sedane Sedition Act as they're going at, after Trump in, and he was in the Atlanta uh, penitentiary and he won over a million votes. Um, so it's a kind of a strong tradition in America for presidents <laughs> to run from prison cells. And 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 universally, legal historians, legal scholars have have, have held until recently. Uh, that that was an unconstitutional action and the uh, the Espionage Act itself was unconstitutional and it's never been enforced since then until now. And all those legal scholars who have you know publishing for their life's careers about how bad that was are all hunky-dory in support of it now. <laughs> uh, it's amazing uh, that the, the Trump derangement syndrome runs deep. Um, but again, I think it's it, I think it's because um, He's a pit bull in a china closet punching back and an establishment crow uh, status quo that had gotten fat and happy and sassy uh, with their with their corruption. No, and I think you're right. You know, Mitch McConnell, you know, the the, the Hill is talking about in a political too. Mitch McConnell hasn't saying anything about this. And I, I'm imagining you haven't had a ton of Republican lawmakers stepping up to defend you. Right. And saying, you know, John, that's just wrong what they're doing to you. It's yeah, like... no, I've got I've got a few. We filed a new case uh, Thursday night on behalf of Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene against uh, not just a couple of cities in Southern California. One of them actually managed the convention center and and said we don't like your kind of your viewpoint so we're not going to allow you to be in clear violation of their first amendment rights but but anaheim uh it was it was going to be at a private venue and anaheim sent the code enforcement officer and quote your conditional use permit will be in jeopardy if you don't cancel this event there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, we, we needed you here in Colorado. Remember, they tried to do that in Colorado Springs, where the Republican mayor of Colorado Springs, John Southers, there was going to be a uh, V-Dare event, right? V-Dare, and yeah. the Southern Poverty Law Center, you know, a bastion of objectivity, um, said, "Oh no, they're a hate group." And so they can't. The, the fight. They said, "I forget what the reasons were," um, but they canceled it and they tried to file a lawsuit. Well, they said because you know we won't be able to provide you any municipal services like fire. Right. Or, or anything else. And so if something happens, you know, uh, to your center, well, <laughs> you're on your own there. Um, so they canceled it. And that was, that was the Republican uh, yeah, yeah. Southers, our, our wonderful yeah. former attorney general, who certainly knows all about well, so, John, you're continuing now then to inflict pain, even while they're trying to to take your law license away. So congratulations for that. Thank, well, thank you. you. Well, and we didn't we, we didn't limit the list of defendants to those government agencies. Uh, there's a little known provision of the Ku Klux Klan Act passed after the Civil War. Normally, you know, you, if you're going to violate somebody's constitutional rights, it's got to be a government entity. But if you're colluding with government and violating constitutional rights, and it's tied to a discrete and insular minority, a suspect class, uh, then you can go after the private actors are working. But there's a subsection of that that doesn't have that suspect class language in it. 
And that is if you're trying to interfere with any registered voter lending support or advocacy for a candidate for federal office. Ah. And since these these were fundraisers, a joint fundraising committee for two members of Congress running for reelection. And so we named uh, the League of Women Voters and uh, oh. uh, Unidas de la Casa and uh, the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce of Riverside and the NAACP um, because because in our discovery, our Public Records Act request, we, we've got all sorts of emails threatening threatening the city that they would be national boycotts of their city if they didn't force the cancellation of this. Wow. So that's that's by force or intimidation or threat. Uh, to deprive somebody of their civil rights or constitutional like rights, so we we named uh, all of them. Good for you. you. Use that against Facebook and and uh, yeah, and the other ones. Oh, the yeah, other exactly, ones. Companies. Exactly. Well, you know that's what I think so smart that you guys are doing that. And, and Chuck too. I, I know Chuck, you're my husband. But the the Bonnie Amendment to, was brilliant to say, wait a minute, there's no rule that says if you don't show up and you don't submit a proxy, it's got to be considered a no vote. So we'll just consider it a yes vote. And that they're freaking out. But it's same with you. Oh, I mean, they're you going wild. Are, it's, it's just you, you guys are fighting back, and you're fighting language. Just... I mean, I think the only way you fight lawfare is with our own lawfare, right? That's right. I I told folks, I said, you know, I'm tired of playing defense. I'm going on offense here. And, we did. We filed it last Thursday, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting ride on that one. Do you get to talk to Trump these days at all? I haven't in a while. Uh, you know, and that's probably the right move. Uh, one of the one of the things that got floated this week in the target letter is people are speculating is that um, witness tampering. So if he's talking to other people that are maybe witnesses whether there's any tampering going on or pressure going on or not, just the ah. fact that they're talking, people are making stuff up. So mm. uh, probably better. We're not talking at the moment. But <laughs> Well, and it goes back to, I still also, and I mean, I'm just a lay person don't understand. So you were advising Trump, you were just the attorney and you know, Chuck's an attorney. I covered attorneys. It's your attorney's job to kind of outline all of the options, even ones that maybe may seem out there to some people, but that's your, that's your job. Cause you'd sure hate to have a client come back and say, Hey, how come you didn't tell me about that? How can they be punishing you for that I, I mean back to them trying to get rid of your law how can they even be talking to you about that wouldn't that be attorney client privilege well they've uh they've they've hired a guy paid him we know for a fact already fifty thousand, but that was you know several months ago so we suspect it's up to upwards of a hundred thousand now um uh to be an expert and to say that no reasonable constitutional attorney would uh would have taken the positions eastman did you know, they're there are a bunch of people that have taken the positions I took, uh, and I, you know, and I, and I think I'm a reasonable constitutional attorney. I certainly got better credentials than this guy saying no reasonable attorney would have said that. Um, and uh, and you know, and the, the other thing is it's great fun. You know, my 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 famous memo or infamous memo, however you want to describe it, it doesn't make a recommendation. It lists right. nine different scenarios, and Biden wins in five of the nine. <laughs> There's no recommendation in the memo. <laughs> Uh, and and uh, the the advice I actually gave was to delay things a little bit. And even that, there are two paths spelled out in the memo. Uh, it goes back to the state legislature. And if after further investigation, they decide that the illegality was not enough to have affected the outcome, they recertify and Biden wins. So that's one of the scenarios. So, <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is this is apparently um, you're not even supposed to raise the question, because by the weekend after the election, the New York Times had said that Biden had won. And uh, Bill Barr, a couple of weeks after that, said we found, you know, we've done investigations and found no evidence of fraud. 
He didn't talk about illegality, but leave that aside for a moment. And they, they we're, we're just all supposed to act like sheep. It's, oh, okay, well, you know, forget the stuff we saw with our own eyes. This is like that that, that film out of the, um, what's the, what's the, what's the movie where everything's blown up behind him? And he says, nothing to see here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the CNN and mostly, mostly peaceful protests. Well, I think it goes back to what you said earlier. And that is from the beginning, they, they were determined to take Trump down. And in order to do that, they had to take, and, and I also agree with the people who say, and Trump, when he says, it's not really him they're after, it's all of us. And if they make an example of you, if they, you know, get us off of YouTube, if they make examples of just other people, um, then I, I imagine i mean if it's got to be hard for trump to find a lawyer these days right because they go after anyone who like walks by him who happens to have a law degree well that that that's why it's so important that i'm fighting this in the way i am i can't tell you how many people reach out to me and say thank you for doing this i wish i could help you but my name can't be associated with it i'll lose my job i'll lose my livelihood right uh, and 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 the head of the 65 project in a, in a very candid interview with axios uh uh, said, you know, we're not just after disbarring them all, um, but we want to make them so toxic in their firms and their communities that right wing legal talent will never take on these election challenges again. And, uh, right. you know, and if if I if I were to succumb to bow down, um, given my stature, my constitutional expertise and my um, fortitude. If I were to stand down, then who are who, where are people going to find an attorney, whether it's on the next election fraud or whether it's on, you know, some 50 year old man exposing himself to your teenage daughter because he claims he's a woman or, right. you know, all the rest of the crap that we're dealing with. Which attorney is going to stand up and take on the leftist agenda? And, right. you know, uh, I happen. My wife and I, you know, we've had some highs and lows on this thing. Uh, right. But 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 after the 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 low of them filing the bar charges against me, finally, uh, you know, about a week or two later, you know, we kind of came back out of that. Said my whole career, my education, my PhD, my law degree from the best law school in the country, my my 20 years as a law professor and dean, and my 20 years of running a public interest law firm devoted to constitutional issues probably equipped me to deal with this stuff better than almost anybody else in the country. And well, so, you know, uh, this is my call. Right. And it's right. my turn to stand in the breach. Um, I, I welcome anybody that wants to stand in that breach with me. <laughs> I'd yeah. like some additional yeah. you know, folks on the ramparts with me. Um, but uh, but here I am. In my view, the only way that Project 65 and all that will ever stop is when some uh, attorney general D.A. in a red area starts doing the same and all of a yep. sudden people are brought forth that absolutely shouldn't be brought forth but you just say we we can't it can't be we're all as you said always playing defense right always always you know you're gonna have to start charging uh and look what they did up in michigan all of a sudden the the electors now they're all charged for fraud and yep. so forth for and doing exactly what john kennedy's electors did in 1960 using the identical language that they used in 1960. Huh. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, if, if any of them are watching the show, if they want me to help with the legal team up there, I'd be happy to do it. That may, <laughs> uh, they may find that to be a conflict of interest, but if it's a waivable conflict of interest and they're willing to waive it, I'm willing to help. Well, uh, good because- for you. Speaking of willing to help, we've got a ton of people. I don't know if you can see the chat section. Everyone loves you. And uh, several people have said, because um, we know this is not free. How can they help you financially? 
So, you know, uh, we've got a legal defense fund website set up and it's I'll post the link in the in the chat. But it's it's fairly simple. They could also just just do a Google search for Eastman Legal Defense Fund and it'll come up. Okay. Um, but it's it's give send go dot com slash Eastman. And I've just posted it in the chat. Um, okay. I, I love the give send go. Well, we, we couldn't do GoFundMe because we knew no. they would they would confiscate whatever I raised fairly quickly. Right. But the give send go folks have been terrific. Um, and it's a, it's a website that allows people to send prayers as well. And my wife and I read those and they are heartwarming and they do yeah. help. So, so, you know, if you can't donate any money, send a prayer. Uh, if you can donate money, uh, little bits help, large bits help even more, do what you can. <laughs> you'll look at the number and you'll say, oh my gosh, they've raised almost a half a million dollars already. What does he need any more for? Well, we've probably incurred over a million dollars in legal fees already. You can scroll down and look at update 22 that we posted some some months back when some paper in London attacked me for raising all the, you know, making money off of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, we, and we laid out the 14 actions I've been having to defend against around the country uh, so that people understood where the money's going. Every dime of it goes into a segregated fund exclusively for uh, uh, the legal defense fees and expenses. So well, uh, uh, anything people can do to help would be great. Uh, and great and of course, I assume you have attorneys representing you in the department. I, I've got attorneys in D.C., in New York, in Atlanta, yeah. in New right. Mexico, and in California. Because uh, we've got actions pending in all of them. Right. My favorite action, we finally won one already. My Yay. favorite action was a guy in North Carolina. I, why he named me as the lead defendant is beyond me, but it named me and Ivanka Trump and Rudy Giuliani and Fox News and whole list of people and Mark Zuckerberg. So he apparently <laughs> didn't get the memo on which side of this fight Mark Zuckerberg was on. But one of his allegations was that every one of us was a billionaire oligarch uh, trying to undermine cool. democracy. Cool. My wife asked me, are you hiding something from me? So that was a and, false statement of fact in a pleading and he had to know it to false. We should file a we should file a disbarment action against that fellow. So, you know. <laughs> There you go. Hey, well, listen, John, thank you so much. I, I mean, everyone, you know, we are all standing up here with you. So just thank I mean, it's, it's well, just, thank you very much. And thanks to all your audience. And thanks to the two of you for the great work you're doing. We got to keep fighting. Uh, there's a republic to save. Benjamin Franklin warned us it would be a republic if we could keep it. And it's up to us whether we're going to keep it or not. And it's in danger. And it's in danger. Thanks Indeed. so much, John. All right. All right. Thank, thank you. you sir. Go enjoy the rest of your wedding celebrations. All right. Take care. <laughs> bye bye. Right. Um, thank you to the John Eastman. And if you guys, if you're listening um, and you want to know the link to help, um, he says, if you just Google Eastman Legal Defense Fund, that's a good way to, that's a good way to find it. Uh, and, and it is on, yeah, Charlene is noting it's on Give, um, Send, Go, because yeah, obviously um, the other sites would ban him. Hey, Thomas, if you want to go ahead and call Todd Watkins, we can grab him on now too. Um, he just texted me and said he's got a good signal. Well, Chuck, you know, I think it, it is interesting and I think, you know, it's great to talk Talk to him. I feel more like encouraged now. I feel optimistic, right? I was uh -huh. feeling kind of depressed about, you know, that the Trump target letter, because you know they're going to do that. But and I guess he has a point that you have to be aware that the court system can be totally corrupt. And yet, on the other hand, you know, you have to hope that, you know, you just proceed as if they're going to do the best and you do your best, too. Yeah, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Um, 
Well, we'll get, Real quick, while we're waiting for Todd, while we're waiting for Todd, I want to update people. The uh, the IRS whistleblower um, stuff has been very interesting to listen to. It's just confirmed the testimony before, but the, you know the the committees, um, and it, it sort of confirmed everything that's that that Comer and the others have been saying. But the whistleblowers, you know, they identify themselves publicly. Both of them are Democrats, by the way, um, and they they talk about. I mean, there was you know they've confirmed. Let's see, um, that the um, the D.C. U.S. attorney refused to charge Hunter Biden for not reporting all the Burisma money until basically the statute of limitations came out. Um, uh-oh. Um, Todd Watkins' number isn't, okay, isn't working. So hang hang on a second. Ch- check talk while I get, while I text Todd. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, since I, I was out busy making America better this morning, I didn't get to watch the... Uh, the hearings of the whistleblower, but but uh, I I think it's amazing that that they can sit there and be charging Trump with everything, while it's clear that Biden was accepting bribes all across the world. Right. Um, and it, would you have ever believed that's our country, that we'd have a totally corrupt president uh, who spends all his time, not his time because he's senile, but his administration trying to trying to incarcerate uh, his opponents and disbar his opponents. And I mean, it's just. Well, I mean, and then you look at then then you look at, I mean, some of the other things, too, that basically these whistleblowers said the U.S. attorney in Delaware constantly um, was constantly hamstrung, limited by the DOJ um, investigative steps regarding the Biden adult children are off limits. Um, They were flat out told they couldn't interview. I mean, they're talking about taxes and deductions and things like that. Right. Um, And oh, and Thomas, just so you know, I just texted Todd to see if he could call us on the line, too. Whoops. Wait, hang on. Chuck, keep talking. I gave the wrong number. <laughs> you gave the wrong number. Yeah. Well, uh, somebody put up there that uh, uh, Dick Wadhams had written an article in the Gazette attacking Dave Williams. It, it, what it really was was attacking my amendment. But I, I didn't get named, and I, I guess I'm lucky about that. Um, but it's 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 amazing well, how he talks about how we're going to disfranchise 900,000 Republicans who do not precinct caucus we're doing just the opposite and we've got Um, todd with us now um to talk about this um hey todd sorry about the phone confusion there thank you uh for your time and welcome to the show hey todd thanks thanks i'm driving i'm driving through uh some rain right now so you might be hearing that Okay. <laughs> okay. And and speak up. You're a little bit soft. Well, so what we're talking about is this article that Dick Wadhams, a, a political establishment consultant who doesn't like to be called a rhino, um, basically attacked this, kept Dave, calling Dave Williams an election denier, calling the, the whole concept crazy about opting out and allowing only Republicans to vote in Republican primaries. And then he called Chuck's amendment, which would be have to be voted on by the roughly 400 members of the Central Committee, um, that to say that if you don't show up or don't submit a proxy, which you could do, which is pretty darn easy to do, that your vote would be considered yes. And he, he totally freaks out about that and has a meltdown 
one, I think, because that was very tricky of Chuck to think of, and they don't. Very tricky of me. Very tricky. But it was like, what I've been saying is, this is a fairly obscure, in the weeds kind of topic for all of this media attention that it's getting, and the establishment must be freaking out. And Todd, I know you've been writing, you wrote a great response to the whole Dick Wadhams thing, so let's let's get, get, get your take on what's going on. The establishment, he is, he is a, I would describe him as a kingpin of that rhino establishment old guard. They're terrified. They're, they were terrified when we flipped El Paso to uh, an America first population of that party leadership. And they were terrified when the, uh, the Colorado GOP went to the, uh, to the Patriot America first side also. Now, are you on a on a uh, Bluetooth or something? Because we're having a little trouble hearing you. If you could just speak up a little bit, sorry. Okay, okay. Um, I'm not on Bluetooth. It's in the car, but uh, okay, that's better. You sound better there. Okay, so the um, they they know they know that if we do this, if we take back the Republican Party for its uh, its intended purpose to put forward constitutional candidates, they're they're going to lose a, a chunk of their income. But when I uh, when I really got involved into the into the weeds of the county party in El Paso, it became very evident that the party was basically just a storefront for the consultant, campaign manager, uh, donor class. It it, uh, it it so much so. That when we took over, they couldn't use the the party label anymore. They couldn't use the party building or any of the vestiges of the Republican Party. So they had to form their own organization. Uh, Pink Republicans is one of them. I, I uh, would offer that this uh, advanced Colorado is probably similar to that. So if we if we if we opt out of the primary, the worst thing for them, I think is they lose the petition to pay to play. And, I mean, right. look at how much they made up of, uh, of Joe O'Day. Right. They, they, well, they, they gripped the hell out of that guy. You know, and I think, and, and you know, and I, it, let me ask you this first. Has, has your response, is it being published somewhere? Um, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll send it to the Gazette and see if they'll, they'll push it. <laughs> I, uh, I, know that, I know that's where, uh, you know, dysfunctional dick had his piece published and for, for the record i haven't read his uh his piece yet i've been on the road but i you know as, as my response says, i listened to his interview with right. dan Kaplis, and i'm sure that interview is essentially the spoken word version of whatever he wrote that the gazette published um but it's it's just hysterical uh, ramblings and i all of that side of the uh, the party are behaving the exact same way on uh, on social media. Joy Overbeck is aghast that that we would uh, that we would have Republicans voting for Republican nominees like we like we did seven years ago. And yeah. it, this this idea that this is the only way and that what we're what we're proposing is just unheard of and never been done before. I mean, I. I've, I've got underwear older than this uh, open primary thing. 
Well, and I mean, that's an excellent point because they do. They try to portray it. The fact that having a primary where you have to be a Republican to vote in the Republican primary, particularly given how easy it is to become, a, you know, to, to register. Right. You and to change your party affiliation. It literally takes seconds. Um, they try to pretend like this is some radical, extreme idea. And as you point out, no, it used to be for years. It was the way that we voted until just very recently. And by the way, it was how we voted when we were winning. So all we want to do is go back to a system that has Republicans voting for Republicans. And if somebody feels that they really want to vote in the Republican primary, all they have to do is go briefly affiliated as a Republic as a Republican and they can get a ballot. I mean, no one is being disenfranchised. Um, everyone will be able to vote who wants to vote, um, except if you're a Democrat or an unaffiliated voter. Yeah, it's, they, they, they're pandering to the unaffiliated. And I will point out that data indicate that unaffiliated grew after the open primary law passed. Go figure. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it grew so, because of the most voter registration. I mean, somebody well, gets... Also, the other point is Virginia, um, which has a somewhat different system, but the same way the Republicans said, no, we're not going to allow just anybody vote uh, for our primary candidates. And they set up their own one, which we were proposing, uh, and yep. as a practical matter, what happened? The biggest Republican win ever. Uh, yep. Glenn Youngkin, Winston Sears, uh, State House and Senate. I mean, it's the most successful ever been. So the idea, if we don't allow unaffiliated to vote in Republican primaries, then, oh, they'll be so mad and won't and will become permanent Democrats is it's pathetic. Right. Pathetic. Well. And the underlying cause, and Todd, this is what you kind of, because I saw the response that you made, um, that, that you were writing, um, is that really they just want the Democrat money, right? The reason they want it is because within an open primary, what we've seen is the Democrats playing and meddling in the Republican election. And the Democrats, um, like Catherine, Catherine Murdoch, have money, and the, they're spending that on the consultants. So you get rid of that, um, and then you just have regular grassroots candidates who just depend on grassroots efforts. Efforts, and all of a sudden, you know, their, their big money pot is gone. And that's the only thing they care about. They don't care about winning. I mean, we haven't won. Look how if they cared about winning, they would be doing more to make us win instead of just taking money. You know, I think if we change the law that said you don't have to pay the consultant if you don't win, maybe that would make a difference. I don't yeah. know. Winner take all. I yeah. mean, we, we have Republican uh, legislators introducing legislation to literally take away the voice of the party at assembly, to do away with assembly. I, I, if you did that, if you took away the assembly, why would you even have a party? Right. Yeah. What then does the party do? Right. If, it's, it, if, if you're, you're going to go drop a, a, a $250,000 check to run for governor or senator, and they put you on the ballot. I, I, I mean, that's, uh, and they, they say this is, well, that's, that's the ideal of our republic. Now, that's a plutocracy. Right. Well, well we've got a couple I, minutes, Todd. You're running for vice chair, and I think that's going to be an incredibly important position coming up. Yeah. Uh, because Priscilla Ram uh, dropped out to run for county commissioner. Tell us a little bit about your campaign for vice chair. Well, uh, I've been working with the uh, the leadership at the state level uh, ever since that the election in March. Anyway, when when they got elected. Um, so, and this, this, uh, taking control 
seizing back the reins of our party, of our nomination process, is central, it's integral to what, I'm, what I want to accomplish, what I would accomplish as the, uh, as the vice chairman. I, I, I guess I've kind of become the de facto, de facto spokesperson for, for the, for the opt-out. And um, I, I said it earlier, you know, if, if, we don't, if we don't do this, I don't think we have really a purpose anymore uh, if we if we can get candidates nominated to the ballot who are actual republican american constitutional minded uh, uh candidates then we'll start winning again people yes. every unaffiliated that i've ever met left the, the republican party because there was no point in the party they, they didn't they didn't do what they think they would do uh they didn't stand for anything. They've compromised all their values away. Uh, show me, show me someone in our in our legislature right now that that is actually um, emblematic of for a Republican uh, platform. I mean, you, you got you know Ken and Scott and Stephanie and uh, right. I and I, if, if I'm forgetting one, I I, I apologize, but. The vast majority of the others, no, not at all. They right. equivocate, they compromise, and uh, this idea of coming back, we need to appeal to the center, to the center. Well, where's the center? Right. The center's no, not I, I, anymore. The center's more than left. Exactly. Exactly. Well, listen, Todd, we will let you go. Thank you for coming on, and thank you for responding to this. Good luck with your campaign. Yeah, good luck with your campaign. This thank ridiculous you. Dick Wadhams column. Um, and drive safely. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. Todd Watkins there. Um, and, you know, Chuck, just in a few minutes, because I know you have to get back to your other stuff. Um, yes, one kind yes. of I mean, John Eastman gave me reason to be hopeful. He was just so, you know, you just keep going. Right. Keep you going. just can't let yourself. I, I mean, and the conservative treehouse guy says that, too. You can't let yourself get down. Like I said at the beginning, they're probably going to indict Trump on the January 6th thing. And then they'll indict him on something else and then something else and something else. Mm-hmm. They'll probably put him in jail. Um, and and so, so there we need to be prepared for that. And then we need to just keep going. Right. I mean, throw sand into the works wherever we can. Um, but also, though, you know, people are waking up. The Fox uh, was kind of happy to see while Tucker Carlson continues to get millions and millions and millions of viewers. Um, the Fox lineup reshuffle d- did not work. Now, you know, I did TV for 40 years. so I could have told you when you just reshuffle the people you have and switch them around. I mean, if Laura Ingram, if no one's watching her in the eight o'clock slot in Denver, no one's going to watch her in the five o'clock slot. Right. And instead you're going to lose the people who were used to watching her at eight. Same thing with Jesse Waters. If he doesn't have that big of an audience at five o'clock, switching him to six. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a silly theory. They they came up with, with, with a, you know, a series of, of fortuitous events where people like, they fired Bill O'Reilly because he was mean with women, right? And so you know they replaced him with others, and 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 uh, Lori, um, Megan Kelly quit, and and but Tucker Carlson came on, and they thought, well, we just get anybody, right? And, and so they spent weeks having uh, people try out for a week, you know, and or four or five days, and then oh. Oh, it's not that easy. You just can't put anybody <laughs> into the slot and have it succeed. 
Well, uh, and so now they're just going, well, what do we do? So now Sean Paul Hannity is, to tell us. I mean, Sean Hannity is losing to Rachel Maddow, right? Jesse, I mean, where Tucker was getting 400,000 people and the key demographic, Jesse Waters is getting 161. You know, and the underlying problem they have is everybody knows they fired Tucker Carlson for telling the truth. So anyone left there is not going to be able to tell the truth, even if they wanted to. And I think people are waking up, right? People just are not drinking Bud Light. They're not going back to Fox if they try to trick us and say, oh, we have this totally new lineup. It's like, no, you don't. It's the same lineup. But, you know, like, like I was saying we're yesterday. We're going to see Sound of Freedom and we're not going to go see Indiana Jones, the 28th or whatever else they try to shove down our throats. So it's, it's, a, it's a political, cultural economic revolt, I think. And I'm going to make a prediction. I think Disney's new Snow White is probably yeah. going to be a box office bomb as well. Right. When you see, because yeah. did you see that where Disney was like, so they had a picture of Snow White with this very diverse group of people who were not dwarves, like the seven dwarves. It's like, I don't know what they're going to call it. Snow White and the seven diverse people. I mean, you know, <laughs> it wrecks the whole kind of title there. But but so, so what then, have they done to Grumpy? Yeah, well, that, then what they did is then they tried to say, oh, that, those aren't our real pictures. And then it turns out, well, yes, they are real pictures. And they're like, well, those weren't the official pictures. It's like, I mean, so they're lying through their teeth and people are smart. So there is hope. Hey, a programming note, because we, we're wrapping up here now, um, because of stuff going on. Um, we're not going to be here on good stuff, nothing bad uh, on Friday. So you guys are going to be on your own on party Friday. We're going to rerun this show. So if you happen to miss part of it, you can check it out there, or you can also always get it at Chuck and Julie.com. Um, but maybe we'll switch party Friday to party Monday. We can have a party. So you get a dual party, party Saturday and Sunday too, for all we care. <laughs> <laughs> Leo is saying snow white and her squad. That's it. <laughs> AOC and the squad. Josie in the squad. Hey, thank you so much to John Eastman and yeah, to Todd Watkins. Appreciate yep, everybody on Zoom. Yep, and Thomas and everybody there. So remember, Party Friday, Just, just we're going to replay the show. We'll be back for Party Monday. Everybody have a great next few days. Take care, everybody.